Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. You know, it's said of Christopher, Christopher Columbus that he ran into uncharted land and unknowingly was about to change the world. You know, sometimes when God is calling us out, we don't realize it's not just for our benefit, but he has a bigger picture in mind. He unknowingly changed the world. And history tells us that his discoveries of the Americas opened up not only for his own life, but as a result of him endeavoring uncharted waters, that it changed literally the course of history. Talking of his, history, his um, adventure, Christopher said this, following the light of the sun, we left the old world. I love that thought. As a Christian, following the light of the sun, we can also leave the old world and venture into the new. You know, just a side note, I don't condone everything of Christopher's character, but it is a good example of chartering into the unknown, discovering possibilities, discovering places that were undiscovered before, places where possibility was waiting. It was out there already just waiting for someone to discover it. To venture into the new, you and I also need to leave the old behind. To have something that we've never had before, we have to leave the old so that we can go to the new. I love what explorer James Cook said. Do just once what others say you can't do and you will never pay attention to their limitations again. As Christians, we could say, do just once what the enemy tells you you can't do, and you will never be dictated by his limitations again. He is limited. God is limitless. I don't know about you, but I would prefer to listen to God over the enemy. A great challenge to all of us to who and what we are allowing to limit our life today. Hebrews 11.8 in the Amplified says this. Urged on by faith, not by abilities, not by cleverness, not by talent, but urged on by faith. Abraham, when he was called, obeyed and went forth to a place which he was destined to receive as an inheritance. And he went, although he did not know or trouble his mind about where he was to go. I love that little phrase, that he went without even troubling his mind where he was going. I don't know about you or if that could be said of you, but for me... I know when God has called me out into places that I haven't been before, I sometimes have a troubled mind <laughs> because I try to work it all out before I go there. But Abraham just stepped out in faith. Let's pray. 
Father, I just pray that your word today would just inspire and encourage us not to settle for the known and the comfort, but to just step out into the places that you want to take us to, undiscovered places, limited places, places of possibility. Help us, Father. Help our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, being a mother of boys and de Jong boys at that, uh, I've had to learn along the way to find things that I can do that we can all do as, as a family because I'm the only girl in the family. And it's that case of, you know, being left out or having something to do with everybody else. What's that saying? They say, um, better to join them. If you can't beat them, join them. So, you know, we had this bright idea one day to go and do a dive course. I was like, cool, this could be... This could be awesome. We could all dive together. That's something we could do. We all love the water. We all love boating. So why wouldn't we love diving? So I naively went along to the dive course with the boys. There was also another guy who was a friend of the family, Johan, from South Africa that was with us, which he was also another confident boy, male, that came with me. <laughs> and here we go. We had to go into a swimming pool, like a local pool where we learnt how to take the uh, equipment, put the equipment on and off underwater and do all these things, just preparing us to get our certificate. I always tell people that I'm a petrified certified diver. <laughs> I may have the ticket, but I have a few things to work on. <laughs> I tell you, I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in those lessons in the pool. It was hilarious because, of course, they were always waiting for me to finish and actually trust the instructor and not be fearful so that we could pass the test. Anyway, one time we went down into the depths of the water. In Hawaii it was, we were on holiday and we went on a hundred foot dive down into the uncharted waters. And we went down the rope and we had to trust the instructor at that time that he knew where he was going even though we didn't know it. So we got all the equipment, we had our little pep talk on the boat, he went down in the water and then off we went one by one. There was a few of us there, other people, went down the chain in the water. And it was just one of those magic experiences. We had huge turtles swimming beside us, beautiful bright colours of coral and starfish and all kinds of fish. There was a shipwreck down there. We went through the shipwreck and then just that incredible bliss of silence under the water. Any parent will relish that sound. All you could hear were the bubbles from your own, whatever you call the thing you breathe out of. I was going to say ventilator, but it's not a ventilator. It's something else. Yeah, I've got a few things to work on. But such an awesome experience. But the reality of that experience is I had to trust, we had to trust that number one, that the guy taking us was experienced enough, knew where he was going, and was gonna open up a world to us that we hadn't explored before. I also had to trust the equipment that was on my back, on my face, and the knowledge that I had already learned and knew. The wisdom I'd already gained Hopefully, 
at that point was going to come back to me so that it would keep me alive under the water. And it was an incredible experience and I could have missed out on it had I not trusted the instructor. Todd Bolzinger, in his book, Canoeing the Mountains, Canoeing the Mountains, brings this challenge. To live up to their name, local churches must be continually moving out, extending themselves into the world, being the missional witnessing community we were called into being to be, the manifestation of God's going into the world, crossing boundaries, proclaiming, teaching, healing, loving, serving, and extending the reign of God. In short, churches need to keep adventuring or they will die. What a challenge. When I read that, I wonder how many undiscovered possibilities each one of us have missed. Maybe possibilities that have even died as a result of us not being willing or confident, perhaps, to step out into the place that God was calling us to. What was it? What is it now, perhaps, in your life that is stopping you? Is it fear? It could even be comfort. It could be doubt. Or it could be disobedience. What is stopping us from stepping out into those uncharted places? Helen Keller, who was also a, an incredible hero and pioneer in her own right of somebody that stepped out into uncharted waters, she said this, no pessimist ever discovered the, the secret of stars or sailed the uncharted land or opened a new doorway for the human spirit. You know, those places that are uncharted are the unknown, undiscovered places. And in Hebrews, it tells us, again, of what Abraham's willingness did when he was willing to set out into those uncharted places and trust God when he called him. It literally changed history. Hebrews 11, 8 in the King James says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That's faith. Trusting God even though he didn't know where he was going. One commentary says of Abraham that he was dealing not in his private and per God was dealing with Abraham not only in his private and personal capacity merely, but with a view to high and important interests of future ages. That land, his posterity, was for centuries to inhabit as a peculiar people. I love this. It says the seeds of divine knowledge were to be sown there for the benefit of all mankind. And considered in its geographical situation, it was chosen in divine wisdom as of all lands to serve as a cradle of a divine revelation designed for the whole land. Abraham's faith 
benefit each and every one of us today sitting in this auditorium. Everyone's faith that is online. His faith, our faith, is not just about us. It's about the generations that follow us. To revisit what Helen Keller says, and you know, this is an incredible woman who was blind, deaf, and mute. And she literally changed the world of sight for the blind and some. A remarkable woman who authored many books, who ventured out into many uncharted territories. Basically what she was saying, we will never see past our negative expectations. So what are our expectations today? It says an optimist or a pessimist is a person who tends to see the worst aspect of things or believe that the worst will happen. But a pe- an optimist will go into new situations with high expectations, while the pessimists keep low expectations and prepare for negative outcomes. Wowza, what are we preparing for today? Have we got high expectations in God and where God wants to take us? Or are we in our minds preparing for negative outcomes? Because we will see beyond limitations when we're prepared to step into uncharted territory without that security of knowing exactly where we're going, without that security of having to have safety in our back pocket, but just stepping out in faith and trusting God. Isaiah 43 in 18 to 19 in the Amplified says, do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Listen carefully. I am about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in deserts. Do you believe that our God can do that? Even though we may not be able to see it today, he can put a road in the wilderness where there was no road and rivers where there was no water. So on a scale of one to 10, whether you're online or in the auditorium today, I'm speaking to myself as I preach this message. Where would we tend to sit when it comes to being prepared? Whether being optimistic to step into that uncharted territory or are we on the other side of preparing for the negative outcomes, the pessimist, and not believing before we even step out that something in God could take place? new possibilities could be waiting for us. Uncharted territory where God has already prepared the way. The thing with Abraham, God had already prepared the the way, but Abraham had to step out into it. I love the chapter heading in the New King James Version when it talks about Abraham in Hebrews 11. It's called Faith at the Dawn of History. That's what this message title is today, Faith at the Dawn of History. The definition of dawn in military US slang, it says it's the period referred to as O Dark Hundred, or sometimes 
zero dark hundred. The time before the sunrise, before you can see clearly. That's where the uncharted place is. You know, it's said that it's darkest right before the dawn, where we can't see, but God can see, because God's the one that goes before us. We could translate that definition in our own lives to God, I heard you call me out. I can't see what is ahead, but here I come. Help! (laughs) I've said that to God many times. I know you're out there, God. I know you're calling me, God. So I'm going to have blind faith and trust that you have got my back. Like Abraham, could it be said of us? Could it be said of our lives? Do you know the great heroes of faith in the Bible are no different to us? They were ordinary people, just like you and I. And sometimes we can put them out there or that's amazing for them, but it could be said of us. When God calls us into unknown, uncharted places that we could be remembered too for our faith at the dawn of history moment. That it could be said of us that we marked a time in history that would impact future generations. A time where our faith inspired and encouraged others to also step out and trust and believe God. And the more I read of the accounts of these great heroes of faith and the events in the Bible, the more I realize that our lives too are no different. That our lives, our journeys, our endeavors into the uncharted are part of a modern day Bible story. And they're not just about us, they're about the generations that follow us. It's the dawn of history awaiting a horizon of generations. Do you know, Abraham's call from God included two promises. Not only a promise for himself and his own descendants, but a promise for future generations. And it says in Genesis 12, 1 to 3, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make great, make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. How inspiring is that? That could be said of us also. Our lives, our obedience, our stepping out, our victories are all in the light of others. The relationship that we deepen with God along the way, the providence of God that we find when we step out, and the wisdom, like it said, the seeds of divine wisdom that were gained along the way that we can pass on, the revelation of God and his majesty and his awesomeness and and countless possibilities in turn can help inspire hope and faith for future generations. So what prevents us from living that uncharted life? I don't know about you, but I want that. I don't want a comfortable, contained, boring little world small little world that the enemy wants us to live in. But one of the things that 
prevents us is our current and past circumstances. The things that haven't been positive in our life. Maybe the past experience of loss that we would have all experienced along our journey. Past disappointments. Past known security. We can get comfortable and settled with what we know. Our personal history, in other words. You know, when Abraham first stepped out into the unknown, he didn't look back. He looked forward. And when God is calling our name to step out of whatever it is in our personal worlds, to experience more of him, we can't look back and let our past dictate to us what and where God wants to take us. Genesis 12:1 in the Amplified says, The Lord said to Abram, Go forth yourself for your own advantage, away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. Do you know nobody else can do it for us? He said, Go forth yourself. I used to actually wish God would tell Paul where he wanted me to go, where God wanted me to go. And then Paul would tell me, and then I may have a go to go there. I was like, no, God, I have a relationship with God. God speaks to me, and I have to have my faith to step out. So what circumstances have we allowed to hold us back from where God wants to take us? You know, in my own experience of having not-so-good things happen in my past, that pessimist has definitely reared its head on more than one occasion. That voice of the enemy to say, you can't remember what happened last time you tried. It's never going to happen. You can't do that, what God's calling you to do. That pessimist voice, that little fox trying to nip at our ankle and try to break our trust and courage to step out and walk forward. And I, I constantly have to make a choice to look forward and not let my past dictate to me. I'm no different to anybody else. To not allow fear to rule or not allow comfort of the known to contain me. I like comfort of the known. It's nice to know all the answers and all that's out there. But we can't allow that to contain us because if we do that, we'll never venture where God wants to take us. Author Frederick Buchner, I always wonder do we actually say these people's names right, but anyway. <laughs> Nobody hardly says our name right in a shop, just sideline. De Jong, <laughs> or, or, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Much as we wish, not one of us can bring back yesterday or shape tomorrow. Only today is ours, and it will not be ours for long. And once it is gone, it will never in all of time be ours again. What a challenge that is. Today holds the power of our history and our future. Today, not yesterday, today we can step out and leave the past behind. Whether it's the losses or the gains, the comforts or the discomforts, the securities or the insecurities, whatever our circumstance may present to us. Whatever it is, we can choose to look forward to the God of endless possibilities 
not only today, but for tomorrow and the years ahead. So our current and past circumstances are one thing that would prevent us. And then another is our need for control. You know, so many of us don't like the fact of not knowing and having control of the outcome. But the thing Abraham encouraged us into, it says that he stepped out not knowing. He stepped out into the unknown and gave God control. He entrusted the outcome to God. Can we do that today, church? Whatever it is you're facing, can you trust the outcome to God and not have to have all the control? He trusted God, in other words. When we want control, it means we have to hold an authoritative or dominated influence over. So the question today is, what has, who has the most authority over our lives? Is it God or is it us? Is it our need to control or is it entrustment to God to have control? Because trust requires letting go of control. There was a God encounter I had many years ago where there was a supernatural visitation from heaven, that's the only way I can explain it, in a church in Toronto. You may have heard of it, some of you that are older, some of the young people may not have heard of this. But it was an incredible move of God in a church in Canada, Toronto. And amazing things were happening, miracles and transformations in people's lives. And we had heard about it. So I had said to Paul, I really would love to go there because I had things from my past as a young girl that things that had, I had no control over that had happened to me. But because of fear and pain and the consequences of those things, I had then allowed those things to control my heart. And so I desperately wanted to be free. I wanted to get rid of that stuff. So I went to Toronto with a desperate heart for God to do something in my life. It wasn't long before I went out on the many altar calls over the past you know, several days that I was there. And the presence and power of God was so tangible in that place, so thick, so real, it literally knocked me to the ground. I went on the ground and was there for a couple of hours. In fact, there was two superintendents from different AOG churches from New Zealand and Australia that were there who knew Paul and recognized me. And at the end of the meeting, they literally had to get on either side of me and they were bigger men and carry me out of the building because I couldn't walk because the weight and presence of God had just come upon me. And I had this experience where I it was like the Holy Spirit was taking me back to when I was an eight-year-old child. And in my mind, I could see as this experience was going on and I'm out on the floor of this little girl going back in time to those painful memories. And it was like the Holy Spirit was there and it was in like a, a father just holding out his hand to his little girl saying, come on, you can trust me. It was like stepping stones over a river and there was safety on the other side. But he was reaching out and saying, hold my hand, let go of control, give it to me. And 
it was an incredible experience where once I let go, this infiltration, that's all I can say, of the extravagant love of God just literally filled my body and my heart and my mind and just was amazing. You know, and I'm believing that that same experience is going to come here to our church one day where we're visitation. We've had it prophesied over us many times where planes were coming in just like they did in Toronto. Planes, people from all over the world went there. And God did a miraculous thing in my life. But even though God was saying, come, I still had to step out and say, okay, I'm letting go of control and trusting you. So our current and past circumstances our need to control, and our lack of confidence are things that prevent us. Either confidence in ourself or our confidence in God. Abraham, when he first stepped out, he didn't step out in his confidence. He didn't step out saying, awesome, God, I've got this. Yay, you're taking me on this amazing adventure. I'm he stepped out in his confidence in God. His confidence in God overrode his lack of confidence in himself. I'm sure there was a moment of hesitation, but the Bible says he stepped out because he trusted God. His confidence was in his God, not in his own ability. It did go on to say that along the way he made an assessment from a natural perspective. He had a bit of a blip where that confidence in God was put onto natural instead of God, the supernatural. And a famine came in that place where he stepped out and he allowed fear to rule his heart rather than that confidence in God. And he, he basically took matters into his own hands. That's what happens when fear comes. We take back. And that's what the enemy wants. He wants to put fear in our hearts so that we don't trust God. And he wants us to take things because he knows that we will limit where God wants to take us if we take it into our own hand. Abraham made a poor choice at that time to move away from God's leading. And he allowed famine to cause fear in his heart. Feelings, in other words, have to take a second place over faith in God. Fear has to take a back seat. We have to do it afraid. We have to trust that God has got our back. Put our confidence in God. I'm not putting my confidence in myself right now because if I did, I would not be standing behind this pulpit. I'm just being real. I'm putting my confidence in the fact that God called me to do this so I can stand in God's strength. Now, author Veronica Roth says, becoming fearless isn't the point. That's impossible. It's learning how to control your fear and how to be free from it. I love that. There was another example in the Bible, and there's many throughout the Bible, where Moses was encouraging Joshua, saying, don't put your confidence in yourself, Joshua. Put your confidence and faith in God. And he says, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear. Do not be 
dismayed. There was another time, back to the diving illustration, where I wasn't feeling confident, where I didn't put my confidence in the diving instructor. And we went out into this other spot, which was rough by the time we got there. I was a bit seasick. I get seasick. I got a little bit um, sick. I was unnerved and I was already feeling unconfident before I got there, which was not a good sign and definitely not a good thing to do, go in the water when you're not feeling confident. So it unnerved me and at that point I didn't trust my equipment, the guide, myself, nothing. But I went into the water, but I allowed those voices, that fear to come into my mind and dictate to me that Abraham allowed into his mind when he allowed that voice of fear because of the famine overrule what he knew of God already. And I did the same going down in the water and it wasn't long before I had a bit of a panic, had to get out of the water and then I had to sit in the boat when everybody else come back from their amazing dive and everything that they saw and just listen to their amazing stories and be happy for them. Don't you just love that? (laughs) But my confidence was in the wrong place because of what my head was saying. Have you ever been there? Ever ventured out in God? It's like, God's called me to do this amazing venture. He's called me to start a business. He's called me to whatever it is. And then you've allowed your own fear to creep in and found yourself in a place of famine. And instead of trusting what God said, you listen to the voice in your head, just like Abraham did as well, and retract. But our confidence needs to be in God, not our surrounding circumstances. The the good news is Abraham came to his senses. We can all get off track from time to time, but when he realised he'd gone off track and placed his confidence and trust in the wrong thing, it says in Genesis 13, 14, that blessing and expansion came in every direction because Abraham went back to placing his trust in God. And this is what God said to him. I'll make your descendants as the dust of the earth, that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. I give it to you. That's what God's saying to us today. When we dare to trust him and walk into that place, God is there waiting for us. He's got so much possibility So much territory for each and every one of us to experience when our confidence is in the one who has gone before us, knows all things, sees all things, and is well able. We too will inhabit those uncharted, unlimited areas that God wants to take us to. So Father, I thank you for your word today. God, I pray that your word will challenge us to take action, God, to obey, to step out, God, and not allow caution to hold us back, but to step into everything that you have, that we will not listen to the voice of the enemy, but that we will put our trust in you, just like Abraham did. And let it be said of us that our lives can inspire and change generations to come. In Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless you, church. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.